All right, time to go live for our Sunday evening um, Bible study. Still continuing in uh, the book of the Revelation. We are in chapter six. We've come to the fifth seal. That is the fifth seal of the scroll, which is to be broken now. And we'll only look at the fifth seal. It's uh, verses 9 and 10 and 11 in your Bible. Um, but it has richness. It, well, they all, how can I say that about particular places? In the Bible, they all, all places have richness. Things, though, so applicable to us these days and things that we ought to think about. So let me begin this part um, of the fifth seal that's being broken with a, with a question. Have you noticed that Christians increasingly are coming under scrutiny, more and more scrutiny, uh, that, that the Christian message, more than other messages, is, is being flatly rejected and uh, blackballed in, in certain areas of, uh, of social media and in, well even in the, even, even in the public court, even in the, even in the public uh, life out in the, out on the streets and so forth. Christianity increasingly coming under hatred. Uh, and, you know, these, these, these poor souls, people who are spiritually dead, don't get it. I mean, you, you really, I mean, you can get mad at them, but it's the old devil. It's, it's, the, it's the fallen nature of man. And I'm referring to how people have noticed that uh, crazy things and places of business, in my opinion, crazy, uh, relative to everything else, are deemed as essential when it comes to what can open up. But then churches, especially in certain parts of the country, are, are coming under a, uh, a standard that is or, or, a, or, or a set of rules or policies or whatever that, that are not applied to other gatherings or businesses, whatever. And people have noted that the contrast, uh, to say that it's unfair is probably treating it mildly, but you and I, while it, while it makes us, I, I guess in a sense it makes us angry and, and, uh, and we, we, we want to remind everybody of, of our First Amendment rights and so forth when it comes to gathering and, and uh, preaching the gospel message freely over the, over the waves, over the airwaves in the United States. But there's not a whole lot said when uh, when we come under censorship or, or whatever, um, and so it should be noted that this kind of thing has really increased uh, just in the last even months, not just years. I would submit to you that this is probably the tip of the iceberg. Uh, the Christian message has a target on its back. Christian preachers, 
Christians, Christianity, I'm talking about real Christianity. Um, these, the, 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 the preaching of the infallible word of God coming under attack, censorship. Uh, so we come to realize that uh, it's a, <laughs> to use to use a well-worn phrase, it is a sign of the times, especially when we consider the fifth seal that is opened here um, in the Revelation. So the first four seals, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, have brought down the beginning of the wrath of God from the throne. It is none other than Christ who is breaking those seals and pouring forth the judgment of his wrath uh, upon planet Earth initially and profoundly and primarily, but then upon the rest of the the rest of the universe as well. And we have we have seen uh, in those in the breaking of those seals we saw. Uh, the false sense of peace that is ushered into the world where for just a while people just surrender themselves to whatever seems to be what everybody else wants to do and there's this counterfeit peace and security for just a little while but then when the second seal is broken uh, it collapses into uh, war uh, peace is taken from the earth it's, it's not it's not, I don't think, according to the language, and we studied this last time, I don't think it's just ordinary war like you think about. This is war among, uh, among groups, among, uh, among peoples. Uh, anybody who has a, a philosophy or whatever and wants to attack those of opposing philosophies or just marauding gangs of thugs because during all this time, food is going to be scarce. Supplies are going to be more and more scarce. And so we saw by the language that it's a common man's war. In other words, it's civil disobedience, rioting, and civil war itself. So that, uh, so that peace is taken from the earth uh, and from heaven, from the throne, it says that a, a great a great common man's sword, the, the makara, is given to the one on the on the horse, which is the ideology of war and uh, and and civil civil unrest at an unprecedented scale. This probably ties in with uh, what Christ alluded to as nation shall rise against nation, because the word for nation is ethnos. And it could be that ethnic ethnicity can 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 grow against ethnicity, uh, and that that could lead, of course, to bigger conflicts. But anyway, the peace in that second seal that's broken, peace is taken from the earth. So that false brief sense of security, that false utopia that the Antichrist introduced to the world. Uh, is soon uh, overwhelmed by the common man rising against himself, which when when disarray and chaos and bloodshed like this comes upon a community or or a society or a culture, well, the next thing, of course, that leads from that is is famine, 
would be famine and plagues. And that's the third seal uh, that is opened. And the language taught us there how expensive food was and even taught us that, that people were paying a, an exorbitant price for animal food. Uh, when we read it right from the language, the fourth seal that was opened was was death and hades. Now I told you back then because of the use of the word hades, which to me now I know I know people can disagree with this and and that's okay, but because because there's a you see and the death. Hothanatos, ka hohades. The, the definite article is used. Well, to me, and, and when we get into the fifth seal, you'll see why I see it this way. To me, the death and the hades that follows this fourth, this, this pale horse uh, that comes upon the world, that, 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 that takes the lives of 25%, a fourth of the earth, killed with the sword. Now, the sword here is Romphaya. It's not the Makara of the common man's sword. That's like the common man's whatever weapon he keeps in his closet, and he takes it out, and he goes against his neighbor, and he gathers in a communal group, and they gather up against other groups, and they're killing each other. No, this is when, apparently... Organized armies from administrations from a from a uh, from a level of governance, a nation, a president, prime minister, whatever. Now they send forth the army to calm this stuff down because here the word is hromphaya, which is which is a military sword. It's a great big old broadsword. So this is a this is a more official sword of the army. So they go forth, but now. Production is shut down because of the chaos that has come into the world. And these first four horsemen, these first four seals that are broken, are the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And he says that famine and plague, we call it plague, thanato, it's the same word as death. Famine and death uh, come uh, upon the world by beasts of the earth. We talked about that last time, I'm not going to get into that. My point is here that this 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 uh, completion of the first three and a half years, which is the first half of the tribulation, uh, has caused something to happen to the true believers in the world. So, what's happening with regard to the faith during the tribulation? The church has been raptured, um, and uh, things are still happening. There's, there's still a world, it's minus the church and it's minus the work of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit works through the church. He who restrains and that which restrains, as Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, what's going on down there? Well, there's preaching going on down there. There's, there's a, a, there's, there is the study of the word of God for those three and a half years, but it's very, very difficult to proclaim and maintain a testimony because It'll cost you, most in most cases, it'll cost you your life. And we get this from the fifth seal. And that's why I make a difference between the hades of the fourth seal and then the, the death that is described under the fifth seal. Yet all these lost people dying under judgment. Uh, 
but they have saved people dying too. Uh, and they're dying under very dire and difficult situations. And, and, and so, so they're, mixed in, they're mixed in with the consequences of the world as the world is plunging deeper into tribulation. First three and a half years have passed. Here's the midpoint, and now let's get into the scriptures. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those having been slain. The souls, he saw the souls of those having been slain. Now let's, let's think about this for just a second. It is in the, first of all, we note, looking at the Greek text here, we note that it is in, um, that it is in the passive, the passive voice. Now that means, if it's in the passive, that means that the subject was acted upon by an outside force and the subject is the recipient or, or receives the action. So here, here, are, here are people who have died in the first half of the tribulation. They're not part of the resurrection of the church. They are part of the resurrection of the, the, the saints, the, the saints of Israel and the tribulation saints and their resurrection comes at the end at the end of the seven years, at the end of the tribulation. Okay, so you have disembodied believers. It's not time for their resurrection yet. They're dead though. And John says, I saw their souls. <laughs> so they died. What happens when you die? You go to heaven if you're a believer. But there's something, there's something different about these here because he says he saw their souls and in the, uh, in the, in the, in the perfect, uh, in the perfect passive, they were killed. They were acted upon by the by the by the world. You see, the world hates them, and they were the recipient of the of the action of the anger of the world. And that's why I make a difference between these people who die here in the fifth seal and those who are under the death, the death, and the hades of the fourth seal, because to me, at this point in the scripture, Hades is the netherworld, it is the abode of the wicked dead, the souls of the wicked dead. Well, of course, that's not where saints would be. Saints would be here in heaven. Now he says, I saw their souls under the altar. What does that mean? We've learned in the Bible, and uh, whatever it is thereafter, I hope my dogs get it. Um, we, we've learned, especially in the book of Hebrews, that uh, the Old Testament tabernacle and then the temple were, were patterned after heaven's temple. So heaven has a temple. And when we look at the temple on earth, we noted there were two altars. There's the, 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 the bronze altar, which was for uh, burnt offering, sacrifices, but then you move toward the, the, the inner sanctuary and there's another altar. It's the altar of incense, which was to be a constantly attended to. And the fragrance, the smoke, the fragrant smoke that, that arose from the altar of incense 
was to illustrate the prayers of God's people. Now, it's, it's my view. We don't know the Bible. It just says the altar. But we're in the area of the throne here. Um, it's, it's my view that this would be representative of what has been known as the altar of incense. So it's, it's like um, uh, Elvis Presley used to sing a song, Return to Cinder. He kept talking about his sending his letter to his woman and she wasn't, she wasn't getting it, special delivery. He wasn't, she wasn't, she was refusing it. He said, well, I'm going to take it myself this next time. If you don't take it there, I'll understand. Well, okay. <laughs> these, these guys, it's not really funny, but these guys are carrying their prayer personally. Look at us. Look at, we're dead. We were mistreated. We were cruelly murdered. And here's why. It says, having been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had upheld. They had upheld. Now, this is, this is in the imperfect here. All right, let's think about this for just a minute. Not in the perfect, but in the imperfect what does that uh, what does that say to us? The imperfect tense speaks of a repeated or a continual action in the past. When it was it just kept happening and kept so here's what that means when it's in the imperfect here in the Greek text, uh, and and the word is icon icon uh, uh, an icon which they had. Held, which they had, uh, uh, primary verb, it's uh, which they had possessed. They had it, they possessed it. They never turned loose of it. That's what it means. Doesn't matter what they were thre threatened, how they were intimidated, these tribulation saints held on to and held to the word of God and their testimony, which of course we're going to learn later is the testimony of Jesus Christ. So these are tribulation saints, Bible believers. And going into the tribulation, the first three and a half years, I'm telling you the first three, and I hope, please God, I hope it's because the raptured, resurrected church will leave behind at the time of our rapture, we will leave behind a very strong testimony of salvation a testimony of Christ, of the perfection and beauty of the scriptures. But there's also the recognition when these things begin to fall upon planet earth, and maybe, I don't know, maybe a recognition of how the church is gone, but a recognition of the things that are happening to them, they're going to say, hey, this is exactly what we were told in the book of the Revelation. So they believe the word of God, and they have their testimony of salvation, and they held on to it according to the word, uh, and I come according to the Greek text here. They upheld it. They held on to it. They possessed it. They would not. They would not let loose of it, and they were killed. So, in their death, however how cruel the death may have been, they personally carried their prayer to heaven's altar of incense. So. 
It says then, and they were crying. Uh, it's the, the aorist, you have to, to me anyway, you have to really pay attention uh, to the tense and mood and, 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 and so forth. In the, in the aorist, in the aorist, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, that calls, it, 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 it's something that is definitive. This is something that is done that is a definitive action and uh, it's a successful action. Uh, it's a thing that, that happens, uh, according to the Greek text, it's something that happens this, this one very special, powerful time. So they were crying, and there it is. So there's this, there's this uh, consummation of prayer, this, this, uh, this gathering of prayers of the tribulation saints who died in the first half of the tribulation. So in their voice, they, they collectively are somehow, they are allowed to go through the altar of incense and as they go, here's my prayer. They were crying in a loud voice saying, and uh, it's house pote. How long? How long? Until when? Oh Lord. Ah, now here's a word that the church hasn't used. This is a new word. It is not, kurios is the word for Lord in previous parts of the New Testament when people spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ or the Lord. Ha kurios. It was always kurios. Kurios. So if you know anything about Greek, you'll know that, uh, that the reference to Christ in the time of the New Testament up until here, up until the tribulation, the reference was uh, kurios. But here it is despotes. Now that word means, that word means absolute sovereign. Absolute authority. One, one who exercises unrestricted dominion and cannot be restrained. This is important because they're personally carrying their prayer right to the throne through the altar of incense in a disembodied state and, yes, and yet they are recognizable so they're clothed upon in, a, in an intermediate state. They're not yet resurrected. So they, they pass through the altar of incense with their prayer, and their prayer is a singular prayer here. They all, from the first half of the tribulation, they're all crying the same thing. Ha despotis. Oh, absolute sovereign ruler. Now, what does that tell you? Well, that tells you that they recognize that this thing is headed, this thing is headed to the climax of Armageddon, where Christ will come in power and glory and will have written upon him King of kings and Lord of lords. So here, they have a, in the time of the tribulation, when they think of Christ, 
they have a, a it, is, it is proper in their contemporary sense, it is proper for them to call him despotis. Uh, oh, despotis. Oh, oh, sovereign ruler. They, they see him. Now the one who, the one who commanded that these people get killed is not recognized by them as the absolute ruler. And that's seen in the word that they use. It is not hokurios, it is hodespates. So they don't, okay. So when we think of their testimony, part of their testimony was this. We don't recognize this world as having authority over us. This world is literally going to hell. It's collapsing, it's falling. It's under the wrath of God. We're in the tribulation. We're not long away from the establishment of the kingdom of God on planet earth. So they're not going to recognize anybody as absolute sovereign except the sovereign Lord himself, the absolute ruler. So, so in that word and in their testimony, it is you're the absolute ruler. Well, you can figure that the magistrates who worked under the, who worked under the direction of the Antichrist and world rulers of, the, of that time, you can figure that they, they didn't like anybody questioning their authority and they sure didn't like anybody displacing them with Christ. Well, the world's always been that way. It was that way in Rome. It's that way today. Uh, people like to, the rulers, you know, it, it was well said that absolute power corrupts absolutely. People get a, a taste of some sort of authority and then, one of the, and then, and especially lost people who have no spiritual life, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. They're, they're enslaved to sin. That's what Paul says. They have no idea what they're doing when they go after the church before they go after anybody else. They go after that testimony of Christ and that preaching of the Word of God. They'll go after that before they go after anything else. Because in their darkened, fallen state, it is that they have no power within them to recognize that there is a king of kings, the king of kings, and the Lord of lords. Psalm 2, why do the nations rage against God and his Christ? The Bible says that God is in heaven laughing himself. He's laughing and laughing and laughing at the nations who think they can do that. Well, that's what we get out of, out of their calling. They're in his presence and they call him Hodespotes, absolute sovereign ruler, the one above whom there is no other authority. Oh, ruler, holy and true. Now let's look at that word true. Uh, Alephanos. That word means truthful, word keeper. Think about it, okay? I'm in the first three and a half years of tribulation. I just died. I was cruelly mistreated. My family was cruelly mistreated. My friends, those who, with whom I have worshiped and others who have received Christ like I have in, in just these past months. And 
We were released from the bondage of sin and we carried our testimony with us and we weren't ashamed of the Bible and nothing in the world intimidated us. And they killed us. And we know that you're truthful. And we know that this is your word working itself out in the seven years of tribulation. Oh, master sovereign ruler, holy and truthful Do you not judge and retaliate our blood from those dwelling upon the earth? Now let me go back to the word. Uh, it can be. It can be. Uh, the word is like the case. Uh, the case. Uh, it, it can be translated uh, punish or avenge but it is a word of justice, okay? The word means that this one who has this authority is going to right a wrong and he's going to do it with justice, with absolute justice. He's not going to be vengeful in, a, in an evil way. When he does it, he's going to do it for the sake of his justice, for the sake of his righteousness. And so this is what they're appealing to. They are appealing for the final time when Satan will be locked away and this thing will be over and they will be resurrected thus to serve Christ as well in the millennial kingdom. Oh, how they long for this. How long? Until when? Oh, absolute ruler. Holy and truthful, do you not judge and vindicate our blood from those dwelling upon the earth? I refer to them again as earth dwellers, reprobates, unsaved. Now these are the, these are the saints from the first half of the tribulation, okay? The Lord responds in two ways. He does two things here. And and white robes were given to each of them. Now, stole, robes. That's a Greek word that describes a very long and beautiful robe that in the Greek world was, could only be afforded and worn by the upper classes. So this is a very beautiful thing that God does. God clothes upon them with heaven's finest robe, the stole, and it's white, which speaks of their purity. There's no stain on that robe. It's a beautiful thing. They're in a, they're in a disembodied, they're in a, an intermediate state. This is like you and me. This is the way it is when people die. I'm not saying that we carry a prayer to the altar of incense, but we are in the presence of Christ. And then other wonderful things happen as well. But this is the first thing the Lord does. He gives them, he, he gives them, and he arrays them, he clothes upon them with something that's as beautiful as anything else until they can have their resurrection. 
And then he says to them, and it was said to them that they shall rest yet a little time until, until also their fellow servants would be fulfilled and their brothers, those being about to be killed as also they had been killed, as also they had been killed. That's a reference to the tribulation saints of the great tribulation. Not too many verses ahead here, John will see these massive, this massive multitude of souls who appear and he, he's asked the question, who are these? And John says, I don't know, you'll have to tell me. And the answer comes, these are they who have come out of great tribulation. So here we're looking at the tribulation saints of the first three and a half years. But there's an assurance given to them. First of all, they're clothed upon, and so there's, in their disembodied intermediate state, they have the finest thing that they can be clothed upon with until their resurrection and glorification. And then he says, rest a little while because your fellow servants, namely the other, the rest of the tribulation saints who will die in the last half of the tribulation and your brothers and their brothers, those, those being about to be killed as also they had been killed. So this is the sovereign plan of God. I still have a lot more saints rest a little while because they're going to, there's going to be a great multitude added to your number in the last half of the tribulation. They'll join you. And together, you will have your resurrection, a very special resurrection of the tribulation and Old Testament saints at the close of the seven years. Rest just a little while longer because everything is about to be fulfilled and your fellow servants of the tribulation are going to join you. It's going to be all right. Well, isn't that a great, isn't that a, isn't that a great account of the tribulation saints of the first half of the tribulation <laughs> to, to carry your prayer in person to heaven's altar of incense. Okay. We'll stop there and God willing on, um, it'll be a week from tonight. Um, I, I won't be here Wednesday night, but somebody will be doing something special in my place on, uh, on Wednesday night. So be sure and come at uh, 6.30 on Wednesday night as we continue our family time. We will do it through May the 30, 31st, that's, a, that's a, a week from today, right? So our last current schedule will, will go through May 31st on Sunday morning. And then we add Sunday nights coming together on Sunday nights, just like we do on Sunday mornings, in June. We do that through July the 3rd. Um, 
and we'll, we'll take it from there. I'm so thankful for all the people who have been coming and worshiping with us, and I'm thankful for those who are unable to come for various reasons I certainly understand, uh, but yet who are joining us on, uh, online in our, uh, in our live stream. Uh, and we thank you so much for being part of, of what we do and who we are. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, you know, Lord, I think this time is very near. Father, Lord, maybe within four years, these people will be at the altar of incense that we're reading about right here. Father, I, I just pray. And, and I know, Lord, that you're up to something because the whole world has had to sit still and know that you're God. And so I pray, Lord, that you will use us to the best way we can be used according to our abilities and resources in these last days, that unsaved people will come to a knowledge of Christ, that you will call them to yourself and that they will know that they must admit that they are sinners. They must believe in Jesus Christ for their salvation and then in confessing sin and by repentance call upon you, knowing that your word says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we pray for the salvation of, of many, O oh God, in these last days. We are thankful for the privilege and the pleasure and the opportunity that we have today to read and study and teach your word, which is absolutely true and perfect, and how we can study it and know what's just ahead. And then, Lord, in these days, to consider these days in which we live, everything that we're looking at and reading about and even experiencing have put us on the fast track to rapture and resurrection. Father, we're thankful for the blessings that we receive as you have promised of reading and studying the prophecy of the revelation. I pray your blessings on Shiloh, all of our people. Father, keep us from harm and sickness. Keep us well through all of this, we pray, and protect our nation. Father, we pray that very soon the world will emerge from this Oh God, and we pray your blessings upon our leaders that they carry us in a way that is in accord with your perfect will and purpose. We ask it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for being here with me tonight, okay?